0: I also invite you to pray with me. Holy and gracious God, throughout the summer we have traveled the psalms together. Sometimes psalms that resonate and sometimes psalms that challenge us or help us connect to others. This morning we pray that you might speak to us regardless of where we are. That we might be your love in the world. And so may the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, O Lord, our God. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this is our last Sunday, as I mentioned earlier in the Psalms, and we've covered some ground together, and I want to kind of clue us back in. So if you missed it, don't worry. You can do two things. One, listen to the words that follow, and then two, you can also go back and read the Psalms. One of the things we talked about in the Psalms is that there are ups, downs, twists, and turns within it, and times when you wonder, who wrote this thing? Because it might be someone who is super excited about life and just everything is going well. Or there's other times when the enemies are crashing in and they have no strength to move on. And in either instance, we stand stand with one another in those emotions. Because ultimately, I believe that the Psalms are about just that. It's giving us language that's acceptable and pleasing to go to God. And the good news is, is that the language that God gives us within the Psalms, that people have written in song, people have written in like poems, uh, people have written in prayers, covers the gambit of our human experience and if And if you think about that, the nice part about it is that sometimes I've heard a phrase as a pastor that when I walk into the church, lightning might strike, right? You know, have you ever heard someone say that to you if you're like, you know like walking to church or oh, I don't know, eh, I'm not sure if I'm good enough to be there or whatever, or you might yourself think that I've done some things that I ought not to, or you might yourself be someone that has been told that you don't belong in churches well. The reality is, is that the Psalms allow you to say, that's a bunch of BS because all of our human experience, all of it can go to God in the heavenly throne room and be proclaimed good, that this is an opportunity to bring our frustrations, our joys, and that's what we've done in the Psalms. But one of the keys is that we do it together. We do it together. And I love this psalm because I think that this psalm covers a little bit of the gambit. But what I want to focus particularly on just a little bit and explore with you is this phrase, bless the Lord. Because what does it mean to bless after all? I mean, we sneeze, right? And, you know, bless you. And that has its own tradition that we could go down. But what does it mean to bless someone? Uh, This summer, one of the things that we did as a church is we sent our keiki up to Camp Mokuleia. And at Camp Mokuleia, I got the gift of being a chaplain up there. And as a chaplain, one of the things that we talked about, they had developed this amazing curriculum. And I even know some people that are here with us today, surprisingly, from Camp Mokuleia. But they developed the curriculum alongside of Bishop Curry, who's the uh, Anglican bishop or Episcopal bishop for the the United States uh, Episcopal Church. And he wrote this way of love book and he has a number of ways, but we talked about the way of love at camp. And one of my favorite days was we bless, you know, talked about, we turn to God, we pray to God, we do other things, we serve and we bless, we bless. And we had an opportunity to talk about what might that look like for someone. Now I'm just going to pause there for a minute. And I want to ask you, has anyone of you had an experience of going shopping for someone who has everything they need. Yeah? Yeah? Or everything that you think they need. Uh, Or if it's going shopping for someone who has way more money than you do, and you're like, what do I even buy this person? What do I even buy this person? I could get them, you know, a new, like electronic, or I could do whatever. Uh, well, one of the people that I, I feel like that on a regular basis is that my father-in-law, he, he's just so content with what he has. It's not that he could do anything and has everything. It's just that he doesn't really need new things. And so every time we as a family are trying to think about what should we get our father-in-law, we find ourselves like, oh, we could get him a t-shirt, we could do whatever. Uh, but then my wife reminds me that we should just ask the kids to make a card. And sure enough, he might wear the t-shirt, and he likes it, and he tells us about it, but on the mantle at their house are the years worth of cards. Like He literally will bring them out and put them on the mantle. And and that is the gem of the presents that he received. We could buy him, you know, like whatever we wanted to, but the card was the most important thing that we could do for him, and it meant so much to him. I say all of that because the language of this psalm is bless the Lord, right? And the Hebrew word bless means to add to something and add to someone in particular, which we can think about regularly, like to bless someone might be to, you know, help them out with a favor or to give them a a hand up when they're down and out. To bless someone is to add to their life. And we begin and end This psalm, which I think we begin and end our entire faith, with blessing God. Think about that for a minute. To add to an infinite being who has anything at God's, who created everything around us, that we bless God. And I remember my Hebrew poetic and wisdom literature professor talking about this with us. And he wanted to just pause there At the magnitude of these simple words, "Bless the Lord, O my soul." I think "soul" is a terrible translation, by the way. "Soul" really in Hebrew is the word "nefesh," which comes from the language "ruah," which is God's breath. That in the beginning, if you know the creation story, one of the creation stories, at least, God makes these humans, and they're these bodies, but they're kind of like made out of the dirt in the clay. And then it wasn't until God's ruah, God's breath goes into them that they become a nefesh, which is an animated being is the best way I think to translate it into English. That our soul is that which gives us life and movement and lets us be this thing called human. And so the God who made us also gives us this avenue to give us back to God. Bless the Lord, add to the Lord with all that moves within me. And it's beautiful language, but boy, is it audacious claim to give and to add to the king of all kings. But I was reflecting on how, how do we talk about that with one another? And you know, later on in this psalm, it is very evident who we are in comparison to God. We're like the grass of the field, right? Eventually it withers and it dies and it goes on its way. What, what could we add to God? But that's when I remembered the mantle, right? My father in law's mantle. That we could go out and buy papyrus you know, things and write, love you, father, uh, grandpa, whatever, and, and put it up there, but that's not what he wants. He literally wants to like fold a piece of paper and color and write a note. He wanted something that shared that intimate connection that he has with grandkids or children or whomever, and to celebrate that. And the best way that I can kind of imagine what that means to bless God is that there is a heavenly mosaic being painted by our lives. But the thing is, is that your particular nefesh, the movement in you, gives something to that mosaic. That it is literally incomplete without you that there is something about the movement and the life that you have that adds to it. Uh, there's a language built within this psalm that, again, I don't like the translation for. It says the fear of, you know, for those who fear God, for those who fear God or do God's, fear's a bad language because it assumes that there's like, you know, we're scared of something, right? Like, oh, God's wrathful and going to bring down the hammer. But the fear of God in the Hebrew means dependent or awestruck upon the heavenly one. That this beautiful mosaic is just so magnificent. The only thing that we can imagine, realize, is that we are not God. Hey, have of you seen the images that have been coming out from the Webb telescope? Yeah? They're beautiful. I mean, some of the images, I just think I saw like a Brief picture that showed up on my news, and I was like, had my polarized glasses, and it was the supernova that I had captured. And I just, I pulled it back, and I had to get the shade. So, because I was at the beach, and I had to see this image that are coming back from this amazing telescope. And every time I see these images, I just awe at the majesty of the universe, let alone the majesty of, I mean, looking up to the mountains and seeing the beauty or out to the oceans. But it is, it is as we look at that and we say, wow, God is grand and holy other, and yet has a spot on, his man, or on God's mantle for your card that is the beauty of your life. Up at camp, Mokaleia, when we talked about blessing, One of the things that we did is that we had each of the kids, we we did a a kind of appreciation circle. And we had the kids sit in a circle, and we had one kid get into the middle of the circle. And this is at the end of the week. It was Thursday night. And so all the kids would kind of gather there. And then what they would do is that every kid in the circle that had been going through, like, the high ropes course, they had canoed together, they had done all these things, right, would say a word of blessing, we called it, To the person that was standing in the middle, so every student would go around and say, uh, "You're you're kind," or "I liked how you played the games with me," or "You're I you know even if it's as silly as I like your hair," right? And and one of the reasons this was important, I think, and and we saw it there with the students, is that it was an opportunity for every student to hear that they added something. To the life of the others in the circle, that every student brought something, even the ones with challenges, with disabilities, even the ones that, you know, didn't go down the zip line because they were afraid to go down, that they brought something to the camp that otherwise the camp would not have been the same, especially their group, without them. And friends, that is how God views our lives. And remember at the beginning I said, the good, bad, the ugly, God gives us an avenue to bring back to God in the Psalms. The good, the bad, the ugly about who we are is part of the mosaic that God wants. And when we sing and worship and we give back to God, that is us literally adding to the beautiful masterpiece of up in the sky or whatever it is, that your life does just that. And although we might be mere mortals and might be like the grass, something about this life, too, paints that beautiful mosaic. And so, friends, if you think right now maybe the best was behind me or maybe I don't know, but you don't know me, right? You don't know me, pastor. There's no way. Or maybe you're dealing with an illness or the loss of a loved one. Maybe you have the new life that's before you, and you think to yourself, how in the world am I going to raise this thing to be someone that believes this about themselves? Wherever you are, God is calling you to give that to God, to place it before the altar of that throne room, wherever you want to imagine that to be, and to pray, here it is. Bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Not bless the Lord when I'm happy and joyful and have the right words. Not bless the Lord when things finally turned around. Not bless, just bless the Lord with all that's in me and makes me move. Give it to God, and let it add. So friends, no matter how you feel about yourself, where you're sitting on life's circumstance, that God wants you to feel that embrace of coming to God, and just to bring yourself doesn't matter what you color on that card. It will go on God's mantle no matter what. So let us find ways in our lives to do that. and And here's the challenge. Let us remember it as we go and find ways to affirm others. Because as we walk from this place, you might have a hard time feeling it. And I guarantee you, other people will have a hard time feeling it. That people need words of blessing in their lives. So that they can know, too, that they're welcome, that they're good, even in the hardships. So let's go from this place and bless others. So that they, too, might find a way to that throne room and feel whole in their skin feel the love of God that takes their life, places it on the mantle. So let us all say together, bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that we do, praise God's holy name, because we are up on that mantle and inviting others to see that they are as well. I invite you to pray with me. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks that despite the fact that we have iniquities, we are broken and fractured, despite the fact that we're limited and finite and are grand and infinite, and we can give back ourselves to you. And it's not just a thing we do, but that you value it and it adds to your beauty and majesty. Help us find ways to recognize that in ourselves. Help us find ways to help others see the same in their lives. We thank you for the psalms, for opportunities to give ourselves to you in song and prayer. Through that Movement that you breathed into us, the soul, the nefesh, that which makes us animated. Amen.